0: with a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another
1: episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And we've got returning guest today, Michael Connop who actually, let me think, he was back on our, uh, he was back on um, in one of our earlier episodes and which was episode 78 back in May 2020. It's funny how I picked that number and that date out. Um, so he's the CEO and founder of Visa Silver Corp, um, a junior mining company um, exploring, developing and acquire precious and base metal assets in Mexico. Uh, Michael was a young entrepreneur and at the helm of obviously Visa uh silver and has achieved a lot obviously in a short space of time um so i'm going to get him to explain his journey um in a little bit more detail in a few minutes um and obviously a lot of things have happened since we last spoke which is just over a year ago um when i suppose covid just just was starting to uh starting to emerge so um let's welcome michael to the podcast how you doing michael
2: i'm doing very well rob thank you very much for uh for having me again um, you know, it was kind of fun catching up right before here and, and just uh, reflecting on all the things that have changed over the last um, year and a few months here since we
1: last spoke yes yeah, certainly so for those that um, haven't or don't know you which I'm sure most of the, most of the people do um, please go back and visit that episode um, which was back in May uh, 2020 but um, for those that are listening for listening to uh, Michael for the first Tech first time um appreciate if you can give us uh, a quick overview of your background um so uh, so the audience knows a little bit more about you
2: yeah absolutely so so my background um i come from a commerce uh, business background here into the mining space so a little different than you know the technical side with the uh, geology and engineering being the more kind of um, you know typical technical routes to uh to the CEO role, but um, I uh, I started back in 2010, really, uh, when I left uh, business school and, and um, started working in the um, you know, kind of the the business side of the industry with a few different companies, uh, including Predium Resources, which is a, a large uh, gold producer here in, in BC. Uh, and I, you know, quickly, I suppose, I quickly kind of was was drawn to the capital market side and, and the fact that you can <clears throat> you can access uh you know a broad pool of risk capital for exploration development some of these 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 um you know uh aspects of the business that are typically quite risky and you know as you de-risk and move from uh, early stage exploration or or um you know kind of the unknown into more of the known and, and the, the de-risk you know you create a lot of value for shareholders and and uh, when i really started to understand that um i was just kind of like um you know, moth to a flame there. It was, it was really, really exciting for me. And so I, I, I you know, spent uh, a number of years kind of trying to acquire as much knowledge and, and information as I could from, from mentors and, and really great people and, you know, working in the industry. And um, in uh, 2017 or 2016, 2016, uh, my, my business partner, Craig Perry, and I, we started a cobalt company uh, right when the kind of the battery metals uh, theme was, was Kicking off quite well, and um, we ended up, you know, putting that company together, and um, you know, in less than twelve months, selling it for about twelve million dollars to, um, you know, uh, an Australian listed company, and that was a, you know, it's a very uh, great experience working with Craig Perry, and so we we decided to work on a couple of other things together, which has now grown into a Capital, which is our our you know larger capital markets group that um, you know we have a number of uh, people. Across the uh, the expertise uh, spectrum, there working with us here, and but our our major um, focus right now in our main company, of course, is visla Silver. visla Silver. Um, back in twenty eighteen, uh, I, I led the IPO of the company, and uh, twenty nineteen, we we uh, entered into agreements to purchase uh, and consolidate an entire district in Sinaloa, Mexico, and. Um, you know, this was quite a, a risky, as I was saying before, you know, what, kind of one of those those points on the value curve where you can create a lot of uh, shareholder value. And so we, we consolidated and unlocked an entire district. Um, and over the last uh, 20 months, since we signed that agreement, we've uh, made several large high grade silver discoveries. They're kind of um, globally significant. We believe uh, silver discoveries, we've raised over $110 million for the company. Just this last month, we've, uh exercise both the options so we're, we're on the path to owning this district 100 which includes a uh, an operating mill and production facilities so um you know in, in less than two years visa's gone from uh you know uh, exploration hope and a prayer to uh, rapidly becoming you know silver's next big uh growth story out of mexico and it's um you know it's 100 due to the the uh, the team that we have we have an excellent team and and uh you know uh some of the best uh, geologists, engineers, and and um, you know people involved in, in the company. So it's a uh, uh, you know it's a really exciting time to be a part of uh, something like this, which is a, a big silver discovery.
1: Yeah, um, obviously, since we last spoke, um, obviously a lot of things have happened, and during that time there was uh, um, obviously the the start of COVID, and as we mentioned before we came on air, um, a lot of things have changed. So I just wondered if you can give us uh, a bit more in depth. Um, view of what has happened since May 2020 um, and also you also obviously mentioned that you strengthen your team as well and like you said you've got um, a good core strong um, geologist so I just wondered if you can uh, elaborate on that as well.
2: Yeah so you know we, we uh, it's funny because it you know we had to shut down for COVID and, and we had just basically started uh, drilling we had two rigs on the property and we we're kind of ramping up drilling and making some, um, some smaller discoveries, things that you know, were quite interesting to us, but we hadn't really made that big inflection point discovery yet. And so we shut down for COVID and um, you know, we looked at that as an opportunity and the opportunity was to spend time thinking about what we were doing in the district, spend time thinking about uh, you know where the next big discovery uh, will come from. And then we, we actually made that discovery on the, the sec- second and then the seventh hole. Um, drilling at Napoleon, coming back from, from COVID, um, you know, probably we were drilling that hole when we last spoke, and then the news came out in June and July um, of last year, and then since then we've we've uh, built the team up even more. We you know we we have now um, a core team of team of senior geologists here in, in Canada and, and Mexico, and we have you know, uh, you know many many people down at the project. There's three three teams drilling, logging, and uh, ground exploration prospecting. And, um, you know, it's showing us that this is actually a, a very large district. This is um, unique in the sense that it's a, um, a district that, that I think has legs to be something very, very significant on a global scale. So we're very excited about that. Um, additionally, you know, we, we've raised a significant amount of capital that will keep us very well funded. So we raised, um, just recently, raised another uh, $74 million um, and, and brought in some excellent shareholders. And through that, you know, we're able to build our team even more. And, um, you know, we have a, an excellent engineering uh, group that's starting here. But uh, we've also brought on uh, Mike Penningale recently, who's uh, uh, was a lead analyst from Canaccord. And, um, you know, his top pick was actually Visla. he was covering Beesla And um, he, he approached us and wanted to join and, and, you know, be part of the team. And so it was exactly what we were looking for. And so we were even growing out our kind of capital markets uh, uh, aspect as well, too. So um you know the team, yeah, the team is has is, is absolutely um been growing and and strengthening and it's a result of kind of the quality of the uh, the project that we're working
1: on. Yeah. Um can you give us some more details around the raise and where you got the, the funds from?
2: Yeah, so um so we've done in the life of the company, we've done uh let's see, it's five financing. So the uh, as a public company, the first one was was very small. It was eight hundred thousand uh, dollars <laughs> on our IPO from Haywood in, in uh, September of twenty eighteen, and uh, subsequent to that, we raised six million dollars, and then after that, we raised uh, four point six million, and then our big financing came, um, you know, last summer after we made the discovery, we we raised thirty million dollars with uh, Eric Sprott, Franklin Templeton, and, and For Sale. Uh, so some very strong technical um, you know shareholders there. And then this last financing, we raised uh, seventy-four million dollars, and um, over that period of time, over the last twelve months, a lot of that capital has actually come um, from from one source here, which is our uh, our chairman Craig Perry. So Craig's put in over six million dollars of his own uh, money Uh, in the last financing. I think he put just about five million, or just just over four and a half, between four and a half to five million into the um, into the placement. So. Uh, insiders are buying the stock, and they're buying the stock at you know close to all-time highs, which gives you kind of an indication of our conviction of the uh, uh, you know of the success that we see here. Um, and then in addition to that, we had a number of very strong uh, technical uh, funds, you know, funds that maybe make one or two investments a year uh, come into this last financing. And um, you know, we're we're very pleased to welcome you know Warren Irwin and a number of other kind of very strong uh, shareholders, but also our existing shareholders adding to their positions as well too, with the conviction that, um, you know, this this could be, uh, you know, the next big silver growth story.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, You've been referred uh, to in the sort of mining industries, the mining millenni- millennial. How does your background and vision and career journey contribute to changing realities, attitudes and trends in the industry?
2: Yeah, it's a a good question. I I suppose I take it, um, you know, not, well, you know, there's kind of a funny uh, juxtaposition here, I suppose, where, where, you know, millennials, I guess, are supposed to have this, uh, um, you know, maybe a kind of a Predilection towards ESG or, or something like that. But what I've noticed is that mining's been doing ESG before it was called ESG. You know, <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't know if I'm taking anything that's that's necessarily new as kind of a millennial, but what I've what I've been able to do is look at um, you know, people that are my mentors, like Craig, Perry, and Simon Smirlik, and and some of the um, you know, the leading people in the industry that have been doing all these great things for the last uh, several decades and, and, you know, and kind of take that and, and um, learn from it all. So it's, it's, it's helpful um, for me to be kind of a more, more of an observer and then, and then trying to incorporate what I see as some of the best aspects of, of the, you know, the previous generations, let's say um, into what we do. And so there's a few things that we, you know, that we, we really uh, think are quite important with Visla, and that's, you um, you know treating treating our communities as if they were our own communities working with our our, our you know our, our team treating them you know as owners making sure that they have exposure through options and and uh, exposure to the story and make, make sure they are their owners of what we're doing um, and that's maybe something that I that I incorporate and, and that's not necessarily something I would say maybe as an, as a millennial it's just something that I've experienced you know when I've when I worked for other companies that um, you know you uh, Certainly a lot more motivating when you feel like you're an owner of the company.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I understand that. Uh, Myself being in recruitment and uh, having obviously having my own company as well, you just feel, I don't know, you feel a bit more passionate um, in order to do well. And yeah, there's other attributes that that follows.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, Can you tell us more about the role Canadian companies play in Mexico and Central America? um and how they're benefiting to the sort of local communities um and how this is obviously important to investors
2: yeah well um you know most of the mineral exploration that's being done in mexico uh is done by canadian companies certainly um you know canadians i guess worldwide are are, are like australians as well too you know it's uh um there's I guess those are the big natural resource industries in these countries and and so we export our expertise across the world and and um you know so in in mexico um the way that i see kind of the influence and and the benefit to international companies canadian companies uh, working in in mexico is that you know we bring our expertise to, to help, um, make discoveries. And those discoveries create a lot of value for communities and, and, uh, the economies, the local economies there, you know, and the best example of that is, is Biesla. When we first went down to Beazla, uh, our project Panuco there, you know, the, the town was, the towns are were beautiful towns. Um, but, uh, you know, what we, what we've seen happen over the last, uh, two uh, years or so here is that um, we, you know, we see the direct impact of the, the investment that we're making in the community. So, um, you know, everybody ba- basically that we could employ, we've employed uh, from, from the local area. So it's over hundred people as helpers, you know, driller helpers. Um, geologists, even there's, there's been a number of, of local guys that have gone off and gone to school and then come back as, as and we've hired them as geologists. So there's a lot of kind of community pride and ownership there in, in that local area, which is awesome. I love seeing that. But the coolest thing that I've seen is over the years, um, you know, there's a lot more motorcycles and scooters than, you know, the, um the community looks like there's, there's more kind of investment into that. And that's a, the wonderful thing about, uh, you know, any type of, of, of um, business as well, too, is that, you know if you make it if, if there's um you know the ability to to increase the the uh funding in an area you know i think it, it makes people happier it makes people uh, have a bit more purpose you know and and uh creates a you know better environment uh, for the most part and so you know it's been great to see um you know what what a bit of mineral exploration and and discovery can do for an area now what i'm really excited about is is um you know when this really becomes a, a large-scale mine the community as well be able to have the the opportunity uh, to benefit from that because you know we're there as their guests it's it's you know it's their community first and um you know but what we can offer of course is training and safety and you know there's a number of um significant benefits for the people that work in the mining industry and then the people that that um you know benefit from the mining industry as well too so i think it's a it's a it's a great way to create um you know uh, so, you know the mineral exploration development is a great way to create um you know improved communities and um safety and things like that in in, in mexico and central america and the, of course that all comes down to the the capital markets um you know in, in canada and, and those capital markets working well because if if we can't get these companies funded then we can't uh, do the exploration we can't make the discovery so it's a it's um you know it's a whole value chain
1: yeah was was the uh region and existing mining um, town, or has it just been sort of more recent that um, mining investment has come to the region?
2: Well, it's it's recent that there, I would say that there's been significant investment, but um, this was actually, this town was discovered or this this area was discovered in uh, 1500s by um, uh, the Spanish. So it's it's been for, um, for at least four centuries, more than four centuries, um, it's been, uh, you know, a mining, area and town. So people have been mining there. But, um, you know, it's I think this is the first time Well, it is the first time that there's been kind of broad scale exploration and, and a large work program going here, we we have 10 rigs turning on the property and, and um, you know, hundreds of people kind of running uh, through the hills and prospecting and, and taking samples and things like that. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very big operation. It's something that you would see out of a major mining company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is the first time that that's
1: happened in the area yeah um you recently announced a spin off company vissla copper um Can you tell us a little bit more about visla copper's uh, projects and walk us through the stages of acquisition and development um and also will shareholders of Visla silver become shareholders of Visla copper as well?
2: yeah so uh, shareholders of Visa silver will become uh, you know, um, uh shareholders of of Vizla copper on a, um, a one to three share. Uh, so one third of a share for every share of visla Silver that you own will, will be a Visa Copper share. So um, that will happen, that'll probably happen in the coming weeks um, or so that, uh, that that'll be finalized. Um, so the idea basically is that um, actually when we started Visla Silver is actually called visla Resources. And we were looking at Silver, Copper, Gold as, as big projects to acquire. Um, and so we had an interest in, in copper and we had some copper uh, projects in the in the company. And um, we actually had one uh, blueberry that was, uh, um, you know, sitting in the company without any attention or any kind of, um, you know, exposure and shareholders weren't getting any exposure to that. Um, so we decided, you know, we're, we're shareholders as well. Uh, you know, why don't we try to create some value here and, and show two things that we're, you know we're trying to create value for shareholders, but also that um, Visa Silver is our main focus, we don't need to um, you know, confuse the message with, with other projects in the company. So we decided to spin that out. And, um, you know, that'll happen here shortly. Basically, you know, we've, we've been working on a number of other uh, things in, in Visa Silver, you know, I, you know, the financing, uh, exercising, accelerating the options, it's been a very busy summer, and, um, you know, originally, I think we'd hope to get it done by July, but I think that'll happen in, in August. Um, and then the idea is that, you know, we we have two projects, the Blueberry Project, which is a large district scale uh, porphyry copper exploration uh, program or, or project that will see a little bit of a exploration program, but the other one is a um, really an exciting project. Uh, you know, VMS, potentially VMS camp in, in BC, close to Mount Milligan. And, and uh, that's called Carruthers Pass and Carruthers Pass is, uh, you know, it's never seen any real significant exploration. There's been some very, very high grades of uh, um, base metals and precious metals found in in one of the only uh, sampling and very small drill programs they've done in the past. And it comes from a very reputable group of prospectors and, and, um, uh project generators called the eastfield group so uh, i'm very excited to see what happens with our exploration program there of course we have a you know standalone um team that's going into visa copper but um you know shareholders will receive basically free participation in that uh, for being shareholders of visa silver
1: yeah um how do company updates align with the overall trends that have that obviously you've been observing in the industry over the last 12 months
2: well yeah, it's interesting because you know, last summer was uh was one of the most you know exciting times in you know, August and July. New discoveries happening, silver price was going higher, gold price was going higher and and um it was it was really quite an exciting time. Uh, But since basically August of last year, the the markets have have come off. And certainly since uh, January of this year, you know, really come off over the summer. And that's typical. You know, you see that seven out of 10 years, basically in in the industry, Um, the summer is not, not very good in terms of uh, liquidity and things like that. But um, you know, for Visa, we've actually bucked that trend and we've gone from last summer um, or I should say this, this past winter, we've gone from about $1.25, um, per share to up to almost $3 a share. And right now we're sitting around 2 dollars $2. Canadian. Um, so, so we've kind of bucked that, that trend a little bit. And the reason for that, I, I think is those co- company announcements. You know, what we've done is shown a quick, um, shown, shown a, a steady, um, Progression from drilling the Napoleón Tejitos area, where we're drilling a resource, uh, our initial resource that we intend to put out in Q1 of 2022. Um, we've been we've been working away at that, and uh, we've shown through our own kind of disclosure and company announcements that that looks to be a very large um, resource in the making. Now, in addition to that, um, you know, we've also shown that we we've got very strong. Um, Regional exploration tools that are working, like the electromagnetics and prospecting, and things that we're doing that that are going to generate those other centers of gravity for for the company. Um, so, you know, our 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 strategy is to be very aggressive and and um, you know thorough with our work and and put those company announcements out. And even in times of, of bad um, market conditions, you know, I suspect that the company will will do well. So, um, you know, and. and you know I think that, that's that's uh, that's a good way to uh, describe what we're, our plan is here
1: hmm. um as we're into a post pandemic world um how are economic recovery and stimulus uh impacts in the metals industry um so far uh, I just want to can give us a, a few examples
2: well I mean um coming out of of the lockdowns that uh, we, we saw everything basically there's a, there's a couple things at play here it's supply and demand i think and then uh debasement of currency so you know we saw copper we saw corn and lumber lumber was the craziest of them all and um you know you talk to anybody who's been building a house over the last little while and they're freaking out you know <laughs> but um it seems to be coming back down right now but you know we saw that where there was kind of supply shocks and then demand increase um you know i think that'll probably stabilize in the coming years here but uh the real thing that i think drives the the potential here for the markets is the uh the currency debasement essentially printing money and going into debt for um for the recovery uh you know i don't think things are as rosy as uh, as you know potentially the central banks of the world might want to paint them and i don't think that inflation is transitory i think that we're going to see a kind of a higher inflation environment here shortly and I mean i think we're in it right now of course i actually was just driving to work today and i looked out and i saw geez a dollar 70 a liter for for regular gas you know it used to be dollar 20 dollar 30. um just keeps going up and and you know that's that's all i think part of this uh um, inflationary situation that we're in here and um i think that's gonna be great for uh, for the metals uh, of course it's terrible it's, it's another form of taxation essentially um, it's terrible for the consumer, but um, you know if you're involved in investing in these metals, I think it's it can be positive. Of course, you're also having to look at inflation on your input costs and things like that. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. But uh, overall, if you're just looking at metals prices, I think it's a, you know it's a not a bad thing to have um, in terms of
1: uh, higher prices. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, with silver, how much undersupply of silver is there in the market now? And moving forward, I, I suppose at the moment, silver supply is pretty consistent. People that need it are getting it. But and I'm not talking necessarily in terms of monetary. I'm also talking about industrial uses of the silver, because as governments plan to make the um, have a green economy with various plans that they have uh, around solar, wind, um, electric vehicles, etc., how under supply is the silver market compared to what what we need to fulfill our governments' needs around the world?
2: Yeah, well, that's that's the interesting thing about silver versus gold or copper or or you know any of these other kind of broader, bigger metals. Is that silver is a very tight market and and any kind of um, you know broad adjustment or kind of. Shocks to the either the supply side or increases in demand can can have a significant uh, impact on the on the price. And we we actually saw that uh, in terms of supply disruption during COVID. And you know, I mean, Jesus, it went from I think it almost hit ten dollars an ounce at the, at the bottom there, and, uh, and and almost hit thirty. So that that's an incredible move that happened. And um, you know, uh, one of the things that I think is going to be quite impactful on on the uh, demand side, is is uh, the relative or proportional um, increase in demand for electric vehicles, solar panels, and photovoltaics, and things like that for silver, um, as opposed to that impact on, let's say, other metals like copper. So the, the market in silver is so so much smaller, and, and you also have another factor working in on that, which is the central bank buying or or, or you know personal investment buying. So if you're taking that demand out in an increased manner. And then you add in this the technical aspects of this metal, um, geez, you know you could see a pretty significant um, uh, supply deficit there uh, in the coming years here. So I, I, I'm personally very excited about the the potential for silver, and we've seen this happen before. We're in a bit of this, um, we're in a bit of a a. you know, what would you call it here? Kind of a doldrum state here in terms of the, the, the metals, precious metals prices. But I mean, 24, $25 silver and $1,800 gold is, is uh, those are great prices. <laughs> I don't mind that. And, um, uh, but I think these prices will go up here um, shortly. And, and um, you know, but if you look back in history, uh, Silver is kind of due uh, to to outpace gold and, and go retouch those uh, those, those all time highs again, and and I think that'll happen. I just you know I don't have the crystal ball to say
1: when. Yeah, and um, obviously with rising commodity prices, um, have bank analysis and strategies asking for research uh, demand for raw materials, um, and insufficient supply will create a new commodity supercycle. Um, can the industry provide enough supply? Um, and are we on the cusp of a mining supercycle, which I believe we are?
2: I think so, yeah. I think we're um, you know, we're due for it. <laughs> it, it. The big thing for me is is um you know this this push towards electrification. It's just such a <sighs> You know, if you think about having to basically redo the entire electrical grid that took over, you know, 100 years or whatever it's taken to kind of put in into to many of these places, and think about how much um, metal and think about all those big copper mines in, in uh, Chile, and and you know, if we need to double that, how are we going to do that in the next 20 years without way higher incentive prices, like 10, 12 dollar copper, you know. Um, and you know, and, and alongside of that, you know, you need to. You need nickel's going to have to have a higher incentive price. Like, you know, I was just looking at, was Elon Musk was kind of imploring miners to make more nickel. You know, obviously he wants to buy it for as cheap as possible, but you know, it'll be beneficial for us to have these metals um, not by us. I mean, the mining industry to have them <laughs> higher incentive prices. <laughs> does he? Does
1: he? Does he actually realize how long it actually takes to find some of these some of these commodities? I mean, like copper, for instance. I think. I've heard someone say a uh, conference I've been at um, seven to thirty years to put, to discover to discover a copper a, a copper resource and then develop it into an asset depending obviously how big it is seven anywhere between seven and thirty years. So um, I wonder if he actually knows how long it actually does take.
2: Well, that's exactly it. And, and you know, the the other alternative to finding that is is um, high enough incentive prices that. Uh, you know these out of the money low grade things become worth mining, right? And um, so I you know it's 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 extremely bullish in my opinion. Uh, I don't know. It's funny because when you're actually in it and you, you know I, I know there's a lot of investors that probably feel this way too that are kind of you know you, you sit there looking at your screen every day or you know it feels like it's taking forever to happen. But if you look <laughs> back over the last year or two, it's been it's been you know a great movement and i i think you know over the next decade this will be kind of you know robert friedland's called it the revenge of the miners you know i i think that that's probably a good uh title for for what what we'll see here because we're you know it's not as crazy as it was but you know the nfts and the dogecoin and kind of making money out of out of uh Thin air, basically, and all the <laughs> currencies and what what have you. And then you know you'd have you'd have the guys that actually supply the metal and do all this stuff uh, uh, that, that's so important to the the world economy and all these kind of intentions, green intentions, um, you know, just disproportionately undervalued. I, I think it just something has to shift and change. And, and it, my thoughts are that the you know the trend towards a super cycle and then you know true real value um, being represented in these these mining companies I think is on its way.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so as well. Um, <laughs> how have the challenges been, uh, being brought on by the pandemic um, made uh, obviously Visa, Silver adapt to its existing strategy um, to shifting um, from realities and and being innovative?
0: Yeah,
2: well, I guess not not so much that we've had to become super innovative outside of, you know, Zoom meetings and, you know, not having, not getting to travel to the project as much as we'd like to, you know, from Canada, you know, dealing with borders and tests and all that kind of stuff and vaccines and what have you. But, um, you know, the, the real thing is, I guess, learning how to, to adjust and, and to operate in this, this new world, you know, and, and um, the way that we've done that is we, I don't think we've really lost our momentum and the way, so we we're we're kind of nimble and we adapt quickly. And that's, that's, what's been really important to us. Um, the other thing is we're, we're, we were just very fortunate that we had a team that Charles Funk put together who's, who was our VPX and now he's our technical director. Um, you know, Charles put together this, this, this excellent team and the, the team in, in Mexico deserves a huge amount of credit. I mean, enormous amount of credit for, for managing during the, the lockdown and, um, you know, succeeding and and um, you know we're really really working cohesively with a kind of a new environment, um, which was you know <laughs> being separated from our team in Canada for a little while, and then um, you know so so it, you know we had that, and then we also looked at at the opportunity as uh, that, that we had. We looked at the the challenges of the lockdown and, and all those things as an opportunity, and the opportunity was to kind of reimagine how we we do work and just be be adaptive and nimble. Mm.
1: Do you think the lockdown has actually helped help the company?
2: Well, you never know. I guess, yeah, I guess so. You know, it's a good question because uh, it's possible that we would have been if we didn't have had, if we didn't have that break last uh, last spring. Uh, we may have gone down the wrong path with uh, with discovery, and we may not have um, you know have, have drilled Napoleon as soon as we um, as we had as we did. So you know, I all these things, you know, you never know what the the um the alternative could have been, but um you know we we look at all these things as opportunities, and so we're kind of just all uh, luckily came together um, the way it did. but um yeah, I think you know, you always got to look at these uh these challenges as a way to
1: kind of uh, create uh, create value yeah and turn anything into a positive so yeah um, yeah. um so as a conclusion or summary I'm um, just wondering if you can give us a, an overview of the next 12 to sort of 18 months with both um visa silver and visa copper
2: well the next uh, 12 months so for sitting again uh a year from now, and catching up again, I would say that uh, the big thing for for Visa is that we we will put out our initial resource. We'll probably by that time have updated the resource um, a few times as well, too. And um, basically, looking at the economics of, um, of, of 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 the large resource that we'll have there with uh, with Visa Silver, um, you know, I I'm really excited about the opportunities there. Napoleon and Tito's will become. The, the the kind of the initial resource and then uh the regional exploration the upside that we see around the district that'll be um emphasized as well too by that to that point and, and we'll you know we will we'll have owned the mill and you know we can be talking about production and, and things like that on a large scale now for visa copper you know we'll we'll be up and trading by that time i suspect that we'll um you know progress significantly with the Carothers bass exploration project and you know we're always actively looking at a pipeline of projects so we we may actually have something more advanced there as well um, and uh, i think Visla copper will will kind of um you know catch up to to Visla silver at some point in terms of uh, advancement
1: yeah well i'll certainly be uh, watching closely anyway um if our audience wants to reach out to you um how can they go about doing that um, and if you can tell us a little bit about your social media channels.
2: Yeah. So we, we have, you know, we have Twitter and LinkedIn and uh, YouTube now as well too. We have an Inventa Capital uh, YouTube channel where we talk about the, some of the other companies in our, um, in our uh, group as well. And, and uh, so that's all, you know, YouTube and Twitter. And, um, but then the, you know, our website, dieselsilver.ca. Uh, you can reach us there as well. And all that contact information will be on that website.
1: Yeah, really appreciate your time, Michael. Um, hopefully, it won't be another year before we chat. Hopefully, we can probably catch up later uh, towards the end of the year or beginning part of next year with uh, obviously some further updates. Um, yeah. Audience, really appreciate you uh, listening to this uh, podcast. Um, as always, appreciate your uh, support. Hope you can um, share uh, this episode amongst the mining community, um, so people that you work with. Um, especially people whether you're in canada whether you're in south south america whether you're in the silver industry um or just in the mining industry appreciate if you can um, keep sharing sharing uh, these episodes and um those that are watching on the youtube channel uh, appreciate if you can like and share below um and keep uh, keep um liking and um, supporting this uh supporting this channel so really really appreciate all your help michael again thank you thank you very much um and look forward to look forward to an exciting journey with both wiesler uh silver and visla copper um and until next time happy mining
0: oh, thank you thank you rob thanks for listening to dig deep the mining podcast If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining!